0: Heavenly Features is brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions. Hey folks, just a content warning at the top here. We do talk about addiction, mental health, kidnapping and suicide.
1: Hello and welcome to Heavenly Features, the weekly podcast where your hosts Sophie and Kim... Hey, how's it going? ...get together to talk about films. Each week we take it in turns to recommend a movie and this week... It is Kim's turn.
0: Yes. Uh, Okay. So this week I chose the 2017 film Ingrid Goes West, uh, written by David Branson-Smith and Matt Spicer and directed by Matt Spicer. Uh, Ingrid Goes West stars Aubrey Plaza as Ingrid Thornburn, who is described as, quote, an unhinged social media stalker, uh, and Elizabeth Olsen as Taylor Sloan, who is a social media influencer. Uh, So the film follows Ingrid as she moves to LA after getting out of a psychiatric hospital uh, so that she can stalk and then become friends with Taylor Sloan. Her plan works at first and they become friends uh, but it all falls apart when uh, all of their lies are exposed. So Ingrid Goes West is a dark comedy and drama that takes a look at the very real problems that we have with mental health and social media. And although it is a very extreme case, it does uh, a good job, I think, at showing the real issues. The main thing that grounds this film, in my opinion, uh, that is filled with very flawed and not always likable people is the amazing performances from everyone, but especially Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Like, no matter how awful or cringy the things that their characters are doing, they're very captivating to watch and they do feel like fully formed people. Not that it's really surprising, to be honest, because they're both amazing in everything I've ever seen them in. So I know this was your first time seeing this safe. So what did you think about it? And what was like, was it what you expected from what you'd already heard about it?
1: Um, To be honest, I hadn't heard a huge amount about the film. It was on my watch list already this year because it was one that I'd wanted to see. I definitely want to watch more um, Aubrey Plaza films. So that's one of the reasons why this had made it onto my watch list, but I hadn't got around to it. And I had actually tried watching it before and was I was like, oh, maybe I'm not in the mood for this. It's, it's quite dark and a little bit cringy at times. I have a real, real problem when watching things that are really cringy. I often, I can't deal with the secondhand embarrassment that comes from that. And so when I'm watching something that is uh, so cringy, I often have to pause and go and do something else, watch something else, and then come back to it. So watching this film at times was super challenging. It took me way longer than it should have and probably was not the cinematic experience that was intended because I kept having to pause it because of the secondhand embarrassment of like the cringy moments were just too much for me
0: oh there was so much cringe (laughs) oh my god I just
1: I can't I can't I think like when people are self-aware enough to know that they're behaving in a cringy way I can deal with that better like I love trash you know me I love a bit of Real Housewives but they know that they're super cringe Surely they must.
0: I don't know. Is that just you putting that on them, though, That because then it makes it easier for you to watch? Oh, I don't know. Oh, the, that being said, when, <laughs> oh,
1: my God, we've been watching Real Housewives of Miami, and, oh, my God, Series 4. So <laughs> cringe, some of the moments. And I, only because I'm watching with you am I not pausing, otherwise I'd be pausing. But coming back to Ingrid Goes West, well, <laughs> um, it was definitely... Um, a, a challenging watch, uh, not just because of the cringe, but obviously some of the content involved in it. I think when it comes to like the cringiness, it's not necessarily just because of Ingrid's behaviour as well. It's because the kind of social media people that are characters in this sh- in this film are, the, for me, the cringiest and worst type of social media people. And that's a personal preference. I just hate people that you could just have a full stop there well I just hate people um (laughs) no I just hate people that do the whole kind of couples that yoga together stay together and all that kind of bullshit I really hate it I can't do it just seems so shallow which it's so fake exactly which is part of the conversation in a way that's being had but I don't think it's it's um picked apart enough to kind of make it bearable. <laughs>
0: but I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the point of the film where it shows like she, Taylor Sloan, so Elizabeth Olsen's character shows this like picture perfect life that she has in LA mm. that she's being paid to show and it's all fake. And when like Ingrid realizes it's all fake, it's kind of, you you get a little peek behind the curtain, but she manages to keep up with that, whole fake life that she's created for herself yeah and i think it i think it does a good job in showing that i think if if we were following taylor's journey rather than ingrid's journey it might have picked it apart a bit more yeah i mean
1: when when we start the film we're starting with um a completely separate character that um ingrid has become obsessed with which is seemingly somebody that she was uh went to school with and supposedly became friends with though it, it becomes clearer later on that she was not really ever friends with this person she had just stalked her so obsessively online that she felt that she had this connection to her and that they were friends and so we are introduced to Ingrid in this moment where she is crying in the car and she's aggressively liking all of these Instagram posts which first of all like I have never liked as many Instagram posts as I think Ingrid does in this entire film. I don't like posts that often. I certainly am not just scrolling, like, like, scroll, like, like, scroll, like, like. You know, that's not that's not how I use Instagram. So it's really interesting to see if, if that is something that people do. I, I, I don't know. It's just a different um, kind of insight to experiences that other people might have using the app. Uh, but we see how she's obsessing, and then she... Uh, feels as though she's been left out of this person's life experiences uh, because this woman's getting married and has not invited Ingrid to the wedding because of course she wouldn't. They're not really friends. Um, And she goes in and pepper sprays this woman and calls her a cunt (laughs) which I kind of loved Um, and then does like the worst attempt at trying to escape. (laughs) <laughs> she's easily yes. caught uh but uh, so we start there and automatically like the first note that i made was surely everyone knows the rules of social media you don't overshare you don't live stream or post your life uh live and you don't let people know your immediate location and so many people seem to fail on this
0: my my first my first thing that i put was why on earth are they in real time posting the wedding. Like, there's... I would be wanting to enjoy the moment, but I think that's kind of the point of the like the beginning of it, where it's, you're not really enjoying the moment because you're posting about how much you're enjoying the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't think... See, I'm really, like, notoriously bad at not having that many pictures of myself and my friends doing things, which, to a certain extent, I kind of regret. It would be nice to have more photos of us when we go out for a day and do things together but I just never think to get my phone out like if you go on my Instagram it will literally just be pictures of like crafts that I've done badly uh, some puzzles (laughs) and my cats Um, and occasionally maybe I've made some soup and decided to put that you know it's really mundane and boring. Um, I never think to put up pictures really of my friends or me and me going out and doing stuff and Perhaps that's a nice thing that, you know, I'm more in the moment. I don't think about it. But lots of people seemingly do just post everything. They're not in the moment. And I have certainly been to events where it is clear that people are not experiencing the moment firsthand. They're experiencing it through their phones. And that's kind of upsetting that you've got this barrier between yourself and your experiences as you have them. And that seems to be something maybe that's being commented on here at the beginning is that literally this is meant to be one, supposedly one of the best days of your life. And yet all you do is live Instagram what's happening um, at your wedding. And it, it just seems absolutely bizarre and crazy.
0: That would be the last thing on my mind to be doing if I was getting married.
1: Exactly. I mean, I want to be enjoying my time with my friends and family. But you know, we're all different. Uh, (laughs) But I think that uh, I think that it's interesting that do people just not know how to keep themselves safe online?
0: Well, I think that it was it's very much you don't expect the bad thing to happen to you a lot of the time when it comes to things like that. So like people do share their location willingly and easily a lot. And It's, I mean, it is dangerous. It's so dangerous. Oh,
1: gosh. I mean, I would never do it. I'd only ever do it after the fact. I would never do it at the time. I've gone on holidays and it's only once I've got back in the country that I post the pictures of my holiday, maybe, online if I want to do that at all, because I don't want people to know where I've gone. And maybe it's because, like, in my job, I work in education. So a lot of our training, when it comes to protecting yourself and safeguarding, isn't, of course, it's about protecting the students, but it's also about protecting yourself. And part of that is to make sure that, well, ideally, you'd have private social media accounts. But if you do use social media accounts, don't put up anything that could endanger you, be used against you. So maybe that's why literally all of my Instagram posts are about my cats and soup, because that's not going to make me lose my job, or it's not going to you know, be something that could kind of uh, put me in harm's way um, and I'm not you know, telling everyone where I live. So if a student or a parent came across something, they are not going to ever be able to see anything that would be either inappropriate or that I could get into trouble with or that could endanger me. So I always have that in the back of my mind when I'm posting things online and maybe yeah. that's a unique experience that other people don't have.
0: Well I think I mean I I definitely would say I post more than you and uh probably am slightly more open and share different things online but I'm definitely a lot more closed off than any of these people on I know on in Ingrid goes west but um I think also I have to from from working in like the entertainment industry and and in the arts you have to really be careful if you're working on like high profile things you have to really be careful about what you post where because it's not just your safety you're thinking about it, it could be the safety of whatever person is in the film or the or the theater show as well as your job safety because if you do post something that has a negative impact you can get fired very easily exactly um, so you are trained in that but i don't know if i I, I started doing I started working in that when I was pretty young, so I don't. That's again a unique experience. Yeah. So I, it's very hard to comment on on someone who who hasn't like we didn't grow up with social media either. Mm. Like yes, we got like MSN Messenger and MySpace, MySpace. when we were teenagers, <laughs> but like it was very different. And then we did get the talk of you know don't meet strangers online, like the, that you've met online. But that was basically the extent of the talk. Yeah,
1: I guess so. And I I not um imagine that you know the people the characters in this film are probably not that different in age to us how old is ingrid meant to be
0: uh i don't know like maybe late 20s yeah i was thinking
1: mid to late 20s yeah and um we've just gone over the hump of 30 by a couple of years so we're not that different (laughs) uh we're not that different in age to her potentially
0: and no but online there's a huge age difference between like in your 30s and in your mid to late 20s because you would have grown up with more social media
1: yeah perhaps so I, that...
0: I don't know i just find it bizarre this
1: level of oversharing to the point where you're not even considering your own safety and so whilst like what ingrid does is completely insane and just like unacceptable behavior and she just does need some kind of support and treatment for that. I was unable to feel fully sympathetic because I felt like, although she hadn't obviously um, asked for it to happen, she this woman had put herself in a position that she didn't need to put herself in. And I'm not, I'm not victim-blaming in this moment, but I think there are things that we can all do to protect ourselves as much as possible. If it's anything that comes out of watching this film, I hope it's that people are more vigilant with their own safety online.
0: One thing that I did though, because obviously the the bride and her group of friends seem like terrible people. So I was a bit like when she got pepper sprayed as much as it was awful, like it was also like, okay. But then when, after Ingrid gets out of the psychiatric ward, uh, like the psychiatric hospital, she she goes to the supermarket and one of the cunty friends spots her and is very loudly talking about her. Mm. So that Ingrid can obviously hear. And then Ingrid walks out and keys her car. And my first reaction was, well, who hasn't want to key someone's (laughs) car? Like, I didn't have the reaction of like, I was like, okay, well, she just, she obviously doesn't have that filter to stop her from doing it. But everyone's wanted to do something like that to a cunt like that.
1: Yeah, I think that Ingrid in many ways is um, uninhibited. Like, she, like she, she doesn't let anything stop her from doing what she wants to do. And in many ways, that's dangerous. But yeah. in many ways, we get to see her do things that maybe we would want to do when someone is yes. shitty towards us. Yeah, we might want to do something like, you know, go and yell at them or whatever. Ingrid does that. Pepper spray
0: them on their wedding day and then key someone's car. I mean, <laughs> it makes it a memorable day. Um, exactly. <laughs> um,
1: who's going to forget those glorious photos with bright red eyes? It's going <laughs> to it's gonna be a real look. Um <laughs> But what I did love, and it's 100% I'm going to do a deep search on the internet to see if I can find it, is when she is in the uh, mental health hospital, she is wearing the most amazing (gasps) t-shirt.
0: The fried eggs. Yes. Oh, I know. I so want that (laughs) t-shirt.
1: As a vegan, I am willing to ignore the fact that they are eggs from chickens um, just for (laughs) the pure fashion of that t shirt (laughs) Um, I need that shirt in my life. (laughs)
0: Oh, it was incredible. I love that shirt. Um, Yeah, I think that there was so many like joyous visual moments throughout this film, that being Mm. one of them.
1: Well, one of the saddest things throughout the film is that Ingrid seems to have her own wacky, uh, unique personality that she seems to feel is not good enough and she wants to have this lifestyle of these Instagram influencers, which seems so shallow and fake, when actually she's probably a way more interesting person because she has these unique uh, styles or this unique kind of interests. Like when you see her, when she's not trying to dress up to be this certain image, when she's not trying to be somebody else or live somebody else's lifestyle, she seems, Like, she's, you know, got really interesting fashion choices and things like that. And, you know, I I find it bizarre that she's so obsessed with these influencers, so many of whom are these people who promote these kind of healthy lifestyles. And yet she can't even stomach that food. When she tries to eat it, she spits it out. And then the rest of the time when she's not around these people, she's eating fast food.
0: But I think we all do that to some degree. Obviously not that extreme, but like shame eating is such a thing. And like hiding some of the like choices you make, especially if you're getting like a lot of takeout or stuff. I think so many people hide that they're doing that. And also when you, if you are depressed and very like, you're not sure what you're doing with your life, or you're not sure where you're going, and your your like mental health is taking a hit. And you see these people who post these incredible looking lives, then that t- like you can do that. And the whole fact that it is being an influencer is because it's meant to inspire and influence you, and and like show you how you you too can get this lifestyle, even though it's bullshit. So I can understand how it does prey on people's insecurities and vulnerabilities. Um, and if you're not in a mentally sound headspace, then it's so easy to fall into those traps of, oh, well, if I just do this one thing, then I too can have this lifestyle that is emu- like I emulate and is-, is shown to be this perfect lifestyle.
1: Well, I think that one of the reasons why Ingrid is craving this lifestyle is because she's seemingly has nothing going on in her life. Early on, we get the impression that she has just lost her mum. Maybe her mum was her entire world to her. Um, she's Her mum had been ill, so perhaps Ingrid had been caring for her. And clearly, there's something there that potentially has triggered her to behave in the way that she does during the film. I think maybe there's some kind of maybe PTSD or some kind of trauma from these experiences that she's not seeking help for, or or even when she was in this mental health hospital for this brief period of time, perhaps it isn't addressed. And when she comes home from the hospital and she sees all that she's got around her, and it's not much... I mean, personally, I'd love love a house and $60,000, but uh, she chooses to spend it to try and get the life that she wants, or that she's been told that she should want through these influences, and that's when she decides to spend the money going west, going to stalk Elizabeth Olsen. Which, quite frankly, I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't cross country to go and be in the presence of or befriend Elizabeth Olsen?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One of one of my notes was actually, oh, if if Elizabeth Olsen asked me for dinner, I think I'd pass out. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's incredible, but also, you know. There's a level of of being like, oh, I admire you and you're beautiful and you're like intelligent or all of this, and then I'm literally going to spend my life savings stalking you and trying to be you. Like, there's there's such a there's a line that was crossed with Ingrid. Oh, definitely. And uh, and Many it's terrifying lines. to see. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's terrifying to see how like easy it was in a way for her to cross those lines because I like I definitely like fanboy out over people like in the comfort of my own home
1: well that's the thing is is because these influencers are documenting their lives they are posting about where their favorite restaurants are and their favorite shops and the beach where they like to go and if you only take somebody to look really closely at some pictures or to read where you've tagged yourself because you're stupid um to, to know where you've been. And if those are places that you regularly go, it wouldn't take much for people to find you. And because so many influencers, yes, they're earning good money, but they're not like earning celebrity money. Or even if they do earn top celebrity money, they're probably not hiring bodyguards and stuff that people of a certain level of fame will have. It makes it incredibly easy to get preyed upon. Yeah. Being, if somebody who becomes incredibly famous, you can understand why their friends um, or they find it hard to make friends once they become famous who are not also famous because you know that you're not going to necessarily, you're probably less likely to get somebody who has obsessively stalked you and, you know, manipulated you into wanting to be friends with them if it is somebody else who is in a similar position to you where that could happen to them. You know, you could yeah. see how these friendships happen um, and people stay in their own lane or they stay in their own groups. Because that's safer potentially than you know creating friendships with people outside of their industry or outside of their line of work or outside of their level of fame.
0: the, the way that obviously in this film they her, like Taylor Sloan and uh, Ingrid end up meeting technically because it didn't work when she just happened to be in the store with her. Ingrid steals her dog like she follows her home mm. and it just it does a really good job of showing how vulnerable you are if you post everywhere you are and then people yeah, can just follow you home
1: exactly and also that you you know your no it's not just you that could be endangered but your loved ones including your pets. it's it's absolutely wild and completely crazy um a lot of this time when she was trying to when ingrid was trying to become friends with um taylor it's. uh This was a lot of the cringe for me that I found really difficult. But also
0: hilarious. Like the bit where she's behind the tree eating takeout, where she has the In-N-Out burger and is outside Taylor's house, just across the road, hiding behind the tree, snacking on her fries. So it's like, not the hiding outside someone's house, but like, just like watching something eating fries. I was like, that's so relatable. (laughs) I was just like, this is amazing.
1: One thing I found really difficult though is I found it really difficult to understand the infatuation because I could not think of anyone that I would less want to be around than somebody like Taylor. So I found it very difficult to understand the obsession. I could see why she thought, you know, Ingrid thought she wanted this life, but it doesn't take much. I mean, even some of the posts is very pretentious. I mean, and also when, when she eventually is introduced to um, Taylor or, introduces itself i guess to taylor the fact that she calls herself a photographer and things like that when she's not even necessarily taking her own photos half the time there's like so many things where she's so pretentious and so fake and it is really quite repulsive in terms of wanting to ever want to get to know somebody who behaves that way
0: yeah i suppose so like if you're if you're not aware of how pretentious and fake it is You can understand someone wanting to be like, oh, she has this like happy marriage to this like artist, and they go to Joshua Tree to one of their houses like all the time, and she goes to these like cool places and gets to hang out at the beach and stuff. So you can understand someone who doesn't see through the pretentiousness potentially Mm. wanting to emulate it. It takes a whole other level when you then stalk that person like you can be inspired by things like use it as a pinterest board don't like then go and find the person
1: (laughs) i'm not saying that i don't like what you know use instagram and like obsess over things on there i don't obsess over people i'm more like you know on the kind of hashtag interior design kind of (laughs) things where i'm like oh my god i wish i had that house um that's where i'm And it's not the people. So then you turn up at the house and try and move in. Exactly. Of course. That's exactly my next thought. Um, (laughs) Of course. Uh, No, it's normally me being very jealous of people who who have talented skills that I am nowhere near when it comes to doing, you know, all sorts of different projects. Um, that's usually what I'm scrolling through and going, oh, that's what I'm measuring myself and my life up to. I'm going like, I've barely sewn two things together and look at this person (laughs) and what they've made. And you know, that's how I'm measuring myself, uh, which is probably not great for my psyche, but clearly Ingrid's taken it to be her whole entire life that she's measuring against Taylor and people like Taylor. And it's just really sad.
0: Especially because it, does not take long for the curtain to like fall and we see we start seeing the real side of taylor which obviously anyone who is aware of the social media thing i think knows about the whole it's a very thin veil that you yeah. see what people choose to post online and that's everyone i don't just mean like influences like i don't post things online like if i'm like wake up and i'm like oh jesus i drank too much last night i'm not going to post the bottles like that's not whereas if i'm at a beach i'm going to post a nice like maybe a picture of the beach because oh isn't it lovely and i'm not doing it to manipulate anyone but i'm also but i don't i'm not like an oversharer yeah to an extreme but then you've got when ingrid's there it takes a very little amount of time for that veil to fall and We see, like, they're they're talking as the three of them are talking. Like, uh, Taylor puts her hand over her husband's wine glass to stop him from drinking. Mm. And it's like, there's all of these little things that come up. uh, And it's very quickly you start to see the the cracks behind this perfect, uh, like, exterior they've put out.
1: And bizarrely, there are moments where... Ingrid seems to almost be bored by, she can't help chasing them and obsessing over them and wanting to be Taylor's friend. She's also bored by the conversations because Ingrid is actually probably, maybe not, not smarter, but she's got in some ways more integrity a little bit, I think in terms of, I don't know, like she seems to be quite a smart person who can see through the bullshit and yet she doesn't want to believe the bullshit. So she'll be there fucking bored out of her mind um, and not believing half of it and seeing right through what's happening. But she still wants to be there and she still wants to be her friend. It's a very... It's almost like a disconnect between her inter- the intellectual side of her who knows what's happening and the emotional side of her and what she's craving in terms of these um, relationships and connections with people.
0: Well, I think she's also... She's wrapped her whole life's happiness up into going there and meeting this person. And, and previously the same with with the wedding woman, mm. like she, she puts her whole happiness in going and living that life. So even when you see the cracks, you, you it's much easier to ignore if you're chasing the dream. It's much easier to ignore that maybe you chose the wrong dream.
1: But also, I guess it's easier for you to focus on the life that you want, which seemingly is meant to be these other people's lives and experiences. It's an escape, isn't it? Rather than facing perhaps your reality that you don't have what they have. Yeah. But honestly, there was, I guess, quite early in the film when she's there and she she has stalked Taylor and she goes in after bringing the dog back for this meal. And uh, I mean, I thought Ingrid's behavior was cringy, but fucking hell, that was some fucking cringy art.
0: Oh, I like I laughed so loud when i saw the art i was like oh god like and the way they were talking about it i was just like oh like cuz you everyone has met or seen people like that yeah who who do things like that and you're just like this is just awful like and then <laughs> and then when Ingrid's like oh so do you like paint the backgrounds yeah <laughs> he, doesn't even exactly. do that so he literally puts hashtag squad goals over a picture of some horses that he found
1: i mean not to spoil things but um this christmas you know what you're getting
0: <laughs> oh my god i would love it so much <laughs> <laughs> I, like and then like don't get me wrong taylor is a great business person like she is a great hype woman she can sell the shit out of nothing which is what she's paid to do basically and the yeah. fact that she has said about how popular the art is and how like they just talk, talk all of this like pretentious bullshit and make people believe that this is actually high art.
1: Though so, you know what's really interesting is that Taylor I found to be quite a bland person. I wasn't that interested. But is it Ezra, her partner, loved him, even though he kind of bought into some of that bullshit. There was also he could see that even he was starting to peel back. And um, from the situation and starting to kind of see what's really happening there. He didn't buy into this image that Taylor had created for her life. He also was quite critical at moments. And I really laughed when um, Taylor's brother, who is just insufferable, turns up and that he's telling this story. And I really laughed when when Ezra was just like, that's a really good racist story.
0: (laughs) It really got me. (laughs) I just... I mean firstly he, it was true that was I, I, racist I, as fuck. I, I couldn't believe it I
1: I have not seen someone do something so overtly racist in a long time in a film that in a modern film and a film that is not trying to tackle racism
0: but I think that was kind of the point of it like it was it was meant to be this like shocking moment where you're like Oh, these people are scumbags! Like this, this guy's a dickhead,
1: and so removed, so removed from the like other people's experiences that they only understand their white privileged situation. I mean, what the fuck does he even do? Like, we don't even we don't even get indication that he's got a big online following. Um, so what does he do? He just travels around the world. Like, does Taylor come from money? I mean, I, I guess they must. They must, right? Because otherwise, how is he flying around the world? And getting access to all of these, these places, these yeah. these areas. Oh, they they
0: have to they have to have come from money, which also makes it a lot easier then to become an influencer. And if you can go out and afford to do it, whatever you want.
1: Oh, it's and... a lot easier to make your first billion if you start out with a million.
0: You exactly. Know, it's it's a
1: lot easier to kind of get somewhere when you've already got a leg in the door. If you have already got, you know, the yeah. nice things that you can then photograph and say, "Isn't this the amazing life?" maybe where you don't even have to work and so you can um, do these online things and put all of your effort into that whereas other people maybe get a picture of them of a nice sunset every once a month because they're working so fucking hard at their office job the rest of their
0: oh but if you listen to to kim kardashian it's just because none of us know how to work anymore that's why yes i saw that (laughs) i (laughs) I saw that
1: absolute twat (laughs) It's like, oh, but you know, you did come from a very privileged position where your father was a famous lawyer um, in one of the most high profile American cases in recent history. Um, That had nothing to do with you then getting into um, some kind of friendship or relationship or situation with Paris Hilton, another person who's come from nothing. And... uh,
0: You know, Hilton that's not a famous name at all And from
1: uh, that, exactly and from that, that that had nothing to do with you then getting your own reality tv show that is based on your, your life and nothing other than just like your relationship with your family now in all fairness I don't I've never really watched Keeping Up the Kardashians I must admit so I don't know if there's any more depth to it than what I am saying but and I'm, and I'm not kind of you know angry or upset about the fact that she's managed to be so successful because you know go for it if you can do it go for it it's just when you then turn around and say that the everyday person is just not working hard enough and if they did then they would be able to be where she is or where other people like her are it's like that's a very different situation you know
0: yeah this is this is i have no problem with the kardashians like franchise I have no problem with that I have a problem when people who are born into privilege and just gain more and more privilege and yes they absolutely might work hard but then they turn around and say oh the reason that no one else has any money is because they don't know how to work go fuck yourself
1: well especially that I have a problem with exactly especially when there will be people who are in everyday jobs that keep the country or countries running and who work tirelessly to be able to care for themselves and their family, and they are working really hard. They don't have the opportunity then to be able to do some of the things that that you, you, you know, people aren't just gonna throw a brand deal at a nurse because she's doing her job, you know, because she's not famous enough and she's not doing all these extra things. You know, if you are so burnt out after working a ridiculous week in your job, either because of the hours that you're working or just like what you have to put up with at work or the nature of your job. You know, you're so burnt out that you don't have time to do a side hustle. You don't have time to do other stuff. How dare someone turn around and say that you're not doing enough?
0: And also things like they've never once in their life had to worry about medical care. They've never once in their life had to, if they're going through a tough time mentally, they can go to one of their like therapists that they don't have to worry about the cost of.
1: I mean, I have empathy for people because regardless of your situation, you're always going to go through tough times. And I do think that the way that Kim Kardashian is being treated by her ex oh, is not great. I'm not
0: saying anything about um, that. That is, that, is, that is
1: spousal abuse, you essentially. Can, so, you, can, you,
0: can be, you can be in an abusive situation or a terrible situation at the same time as being privileged. That's They're two completely separate things. And being
1: tone deaf about what you're saying.
0: Exactly.
1: So I'm not critical of her and I I wish her all the success, whatever. But I just have a problem when people then can't see how the things that they say are hurtful and uh, disrespectful towards other people. And Taylor, bringing it back to the film, because we don't go on tangents, of course we don't. Um, I don't
0: know what you're talking about. We never do that.
1: (laughs) No. Taylor is also in that same position where she seems to not see some of the you know when she when ingrid crashes the car she's just like it's fine you can just bump it out it's not a problem as if like this is not something that's going to cost a huge amount of money
0: also just the entitlement before that of she opens the glove box and sees cocaine in the in the glove box and then takes it and takes it yeah like just the the immediate like oh well you know whatever i want is just going to be handed to me or given to me or i can just take
1: And she literally says, you know, I'll just say sorry, it was an accident. He'll understand about the £8,000 damage to the side of the car. Like, that is not something that most people can get away with saying. And she obviously lives in this world where people will just put up with that bullshit um, because people can afford to just get that sorted and it's no big deal.
0: Well, that's the thing. There's a big difference. She doesn't
1: offer to... to Presumably, she doesn't offer to do anything to pay towards it, despite the fact that Ingrid has driven her out to her house and back
0: yeah which which don't get me wrong
1: and she's taken like supposedly ingrid's cocaine
0: yeah and don't get me wrong ingrid was the one that crashed the car so it's not necessarily on taylor to pay for that or help pay for it but at very least you you understand that eight grand is a lot of money for most people well, she
1: must also know that Ingrid doesn't have the same amount of money as her.
0: Well, I don't think she does, because if you notice around the dinner table, she doesn't ask Ingrid a single question.
1: Like, because she's so conceited, everything exactly. has to be about herself. And when she's saying, like, oh, you must buy that, and it's like some hideous lampshade that costs over $1,000.
0: Oh, that would look great in your place. Yeah, exactly. So these people... You mean this like, one-bedroom place? That yeah. Re- <laughs> I, but, like, mm. they have no... They're, they're not in the same reality as other people, so... If you're, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire. Yeah. Oh, you scratch your truck. It's not a big deal. I guess. If you're paycheck to paycheck, or in Ingrid's case, living just purely off some inheritance she got. Yeah. Without having a paycheck. That's, that's a big deal.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. It's a lot of money. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, it is. (laughs) I mean, seriously, uh, I would very happily have sixty grand tomorrow if anyone wants to give it to me. Um, I'd be
0: happy to have eight grand.
1: Like this I'd be happy like... to have ten quid. Someone just give me some money, please. I need it honestly. Um...
0: <laughs> I get excited when I find a penny on the floor.
1: So <laughs> yes, especially if it's the right way around, because then you get good luck. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like I've a been. I've had
0: birds shit on me so many times, and I'm yet to find any good luck. So
1: <laughs> anyway, I just think that. Um, They're just so disconnected from reality. And I do think that Ingrid starts to see that, which is really interesting. And I think when it really kind of becomes clear to Ingrid that everything is a bit fucked up is when Taylor ditches her to be able to go to some events with this other more popular, more successful influencer. And so you can even see how parasitical, that's not even a word probably, how much like a parasite Taylor is being to this other influencer. In some ways, she's not that different to Ingrid. She's still chasing after other people and trying to leech off their popularity. She just, doesn't, she just doesn't go to the same extremes that Ingrid goes to. But she still does a lot of stuff where she is just dismissing her friends. She is kind of giving up parts of her life she's openly mocking people that she loves to be able to have this friendship um with with somebody who is more successful so that she can leech off them and one of the first things she does when she meets this more popular influencer is take a photo and put it straight online
0: they're all they're all every single person in this film is so manipulative yeah and it's just like it's a fascinating study on humans like i just like no wonder i fucking hate people
1: (laughs) I mean, it's hard to like humanity sometimes after seeing this film. That's all I'm going <laughs> um, You know what was interesting, though? Because we haven't really talked about a character that I do want to talk about. But before we get Pintone. there. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get there, the fact that I was watching this for such a long time and I was like, man, he looks so familiar, this Ezra guy. He looks like someone. It took me so long to realize that that is Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn's son
0: yeah and then Wyatt, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell
1: yeah is that right yeah I believe so and then um we're going to talk about him but uh Dan or Batman uh is Ice Cube's son
0: yeah O'Shea Jackson Jr is
1: yeah his name. exactly yeah. and then of course we've got Elizabeth Olsen who's we already knew that she was related to the Olsen twins to Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen so there's like so many legacies going on in this film (laughs) and I thought it was really interesting and I wondered like how much uh you know like it's it's interesting that they got these people from these very specific privileged backgrounds playing some of these roles where they might supposedly find it harder to relate to somebody like Ingrid because it's not going to be an experience that they've had coming from nothing So I just found whereas, that Whereas Aubrey Plaza
0: isn't from a, a dynasty or like... No. <laughs> um, <laughs> like she, just, she worked like hostess and waitress jobs.
1: Yeah. Like the, the, classic, was... the classic jobs you have when you're trying to be a... Uh, when you're a struggling actor. Um, yeah. I just thought it was really fascinating how many people... I just could When there were so many, I was just like, how are there so many people in this? It's a
0: relatively small cast. Which you'd think... You, like. They, they probably were drawn to it for partially that reason. Like, these characters, they've probably grown up with people who are like all of the characters in Yeah. This.
1: They probably have seen, especially if you live in Hollywood, seen people who behave in this way for their social media accounts and they are yeah. fake. So I just thought it was a really interesting kind of observation that so many people are probably have lived a lot of their lives being surrounded by these sorts of these sorts of people um yeah. even you know uh the people that they are playing might be yeah. people that they've met
0: well i i elizabeth olsen isn't on social media she she got social media for a little while and it was amazing because we got to see her garden a lot but um she's not on social media and she said about social media she was like the 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 benefit is for like projects that are like hard to put out the word for and like that's the benefit of social media and everything else is detrimental i like, like she is disagree. so not a fan of- no i don't agree with it but i'm like i just find it so interesting that she she's had this experience with social media that has not been i
1: don't blame her just because with her upbringing there was so much toxicity around her sisters particularly when they were underage and close to becoming 18 there were so many things where it was like counting down to her sisters becoming legal and these were old men making these countdowns and it was disgusting. Oh, it's disgusting there's been a lot of toxicity people dragging her sisters through the press um and a lot of that has been online through social media blogs and stuff as well so i can completely understand why from her life experience potentially that might be a reason why she's not so keen on social media However, I do think that there are particularly communities who can find each other using social media online and that can be life saving.
0: Her her opinion is definitely not my opinion. I, I love social media. I think yeah. I think it's fantastic. I, think, uh, and I lot- think the for me the benefits way outdo the, the negative detrimental side of it.
1: I think it also depends how much the you know, as an individual you engage with stuff and how much you are, um are willing to share. And everybody has a different measure for that. Like there is never a justification for being an asshole online. There is never a justification for that. But I do think that people use social media in very, very different ways. I would never be an Ingrid. But at the same time, I can't judge her too harshly. Because she clearly she's had a shit life and she's gone through a lot. That has maybe led her to behave in certain ways. So I can't shit on her for that. I wouldn't use I wouldn't use social media like she does but I wouldn't I wouldn't criticize her too heavily she goes over the line 100% but I think it's not as clear as just somebody who she, she's very much she's set up as a character who has a lot of baggage and that might explain why she latches onto these social media influencers and why she behaves the way that she does and she goes too far but you can understand how she might have maybe got to a place where she is mentally unbalanced in that way it's, she's not just set up as a person who's got a, who's completely normal got no problems in their lives and then goes this extra mile she's clearly somebody who has some kind of damage going on there has not she's not sit, sought or um received medical specialist help for
0: you know no, i mean like, she has but then she's just put back into society without it actually dealing with the core issues
1: because it depends really were they dealing with the fact that she pepper sprayed someone and her like becoming too involved with somebody online or were they dealing with the trauma that led to her behaving in that way
0: well it very much seems like they purely just went like ticked a couple of boxes and focused on the, the crime focus on yeah. what had led her which there. which is so typical of, of any mental health she's probably um, there for like eight weeks or something yeah and then left by herself. Yeah. with nothing to go back to yeah, yeah exactly but with with regards to to social media i think also the difference between me being on social media and someone like elizabeth olsen being on social media is no one gives a flying fuck what i do or say
1: that's true so i can
0: go on there and i can like whatever i want and no one is watching what i'm liking mm. apart from the odd time you will see a post that i've liked and be like of course you fucking like that before i could send it to you that's the extent mean, of my like you
1: mean lesbians and their fashion <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, I do.
1: <laughs> Love that page.
0: Every time <laughs> I scroll a and it's like, it's there and it's like
1: a picture of somebody. I'm like, of course, Kim's already liked that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, of exactly. Um, but so I, it's it's a very different kettle of fish for me. Yeah. Than it is for I someone who that. is in the public eye. And I think also you've got the extra level of of having grown up watching your sisters being dragged and almost <laughs> destroyed I, oh no like, I, I think I... you're gonna have a very different relationship whereas for me i i have found community and i have found information and i have found joy and i've found distraction and i found like great things on there i like i'm a huge fan of it for myself but mm-hmm. i can also understand why it's not for everyone and yeah. i've got plenty of friends who have to take like social media breaks and things like that because it's it's doing bad things for their mental health.
1: That's, that's crazy. See, I would say, actually, the thing that I probably use the most in terms of social media is YouTube. Yeah. And I just don't, I just don't, I think I use it relatively sparingly. I don't watch that much and I don't use Instagram that much. I mainly use Instagram in the morning when I'm having my breakfast. Um, I've done my Duolingo, I've done a bit of French, then I do a bit of Instagram. Then I'll go and get ready for work.
0: Pretentious fuck.
1: (laughs) And then um, maybe I'll do a bit. I I usually have my phone off at work. So that probably helps. And then I maybe go on Instagram once or twice in the evening. Just like usually because you sent me a message on there. (laughs) And uh, that's like the limit. I'm not on there very often really. And, you know, things like YouTube. Yes, I might go on a bit in the evening. But like not a huge amount. So, I don't know, I've never had that kind of addictive relationship with, with social media.
0: But even even when it's not, like, addictive, like, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to it by any stretch of the imagination. I know I use it a hell of a lot more than you. Yes, you do. Um, because I, I get all I'm... the
1: messages where you're sending yeah. me pictures and because... TikToks and stuff.
0: Yeah, which, like, and I just even though I I don't thoroughly have TikTok. enjoy it. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I for me, I just thoroughly enjoy it. It gives me joy. It brings me happiness. I see these like fun posts that i want to share with someone same as if i did was out in the world and saw a nice tree and wanted to send you a picture you know like it's it's these things that i relate to and the algorithms for me work i know for some sometimes they can be detrimental and the algorithms can show you stuff that maybe wouldn't be good for your mental health um and things like sometimes i will take a break from twitter um because i find that because i follow a lot of like news things on Twitter. And so if there is just too much going on at that point and you've just got constant news of COVID or the wars or the death and destruction or the like terrible things that are happening to trans or queer people. If that is constantly going into your brain, yeah, sometimes you do need to just take a step back. And that's not saying to not think about it or do anything about it or, or whatever. But if you have that 24 hours a day, that can be bad. So I know I know I've had friends who have taken social media breaks for mental health. Because a lot of what they see could be detrimental things. Whereas for me, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I get to see some of my favorite like directors or actors like being funny. So
1: basically, Ingrid needs a social media break.
0: Yeah, or <laughs> to go on a different site and use a different and have a slightly different algorithm. Like maybe. maybe.
1: So we <laughs> we haven't really talked about him yet, but um, Dan, the landlord, Dan Pinto, the boyfriend. The Batman obsessed, slightly fetishy Batmany stuff. Um.
0: <laughs> I really liked Brilliant him, into it, and I, I loved that he had such a passion for Batman. Like his truck had was covered in Batman stuff. He had the Batman soundtrack in there. His fucking license plate was Batman. Like I'm boys I, just, I love a like nerd that fully nerds out. Like I'm yeah. definitely, I'm definitely like a nerd with things. And nerd out over things, not not necessarily to that extreme, but I fucking love it. Like I, you, I've got like dinosaurs all over my place. Mm. It would be the same if I. I mean, I've actually got a Batman thing up on the wall as well. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I totally love it when someone nerds the fuck out.
1: So why do you think he's so drawn to Ingrid?
0: I think firstly it's Aubrey Plaza, so you know.
1: Oh yeah, like the the makeup department does a good job of trying to make her look like rough around the edges but clearly still being it's incredibly fucking
0: plaster. So. Yeah. Um and also I think that he he feels a kinship in he lost his parents and she's lost hers. Yeah. And he can see the like the the probably also the bit of the she's a bit broken and needs help and he wants to be the hero. He wants to be Batman. And he is drawn to the darkness and drawn to the to, like, if we put it all in Batman terms, like, orphan, <laughs> like, darkness I think, hero, like, wanting to save people.
1: So, I think that, yeah, I agree that the kind of the orphan thing is probably he's probably got something there that makes him connect to her because she also is orphaned. Um, and you know, the loss of parents is, is you know, a unique experience that they can bond over. I also think that he, you don't ever see anything going on in his in his life in terms of like friends or anybody. We don't see anything like that. So I don't know if he's just like a little bit lonely. And then Well he's
0: he's in his back cave all day writing. So
1: yeah, and then Ingrid, despite the fact that she lets him down so many times, uh she's beautiful, and she's weird and willing to indulge his fantasies and his kinks
0: he she did catwoman kinky role play like that girl is a keeper
1: (laughs) yeah and uh really it was literally after that that he bent over and did anything for her pretty much
0: you know he well he did say no one's ever done this for me before and it's clearly something take away the whole like sex part of it it's something that he's always wanted and no one's been willing to go there with him yeah and she and she did and yes it was in a manipulative way but also like that's lovely that's such a sweet thing if if someone really wants something and it doesn't hurt harm you like it's such a sweet thing to to be able to give them what they want
1: i could understand that and i could understand him even getting over the car the kidnapping i thought that was like a step that was i couldn't understand why he was so Involved to do that, I know that well, because... he he believes that uh, that what's his name uh,
0: the brother oh, uh, the Nikki Nikki
1: Nikki he believes that Nikki has punched her, so I can understand getting like irate about that. But it's one thing to go over and like punch someone's light out at their house and then go off. It's another thing to like kidnap somebody.
0: But she she. Ingrid's very manipulative as well, and manipulates him by being like, "I need Batman." Yeah, like uh, yeah. So he does all of that, and then... I'm not saying I'm not condoning kidnapping. I'm not condoning any of it, but I can understand but him. He... he thinks this is the best way to protect her because she says we have to be really careful about this, like, and he thinks that she's just been punched in the face by this dickhead man who's manipulative, and he also blames himself slightly because he told him about the money that he yeah mum left
1: which i couldn't believe that she had so much left to put down on that house after all the money she'd been but spending
0: doesn't make any sense no she... there's no way if she got left 60 grand and she threw down 50 then, grand yeah whereas she's but she and then she only had a little bit in her if she's at one point she only had
1: if she's a buying a thousand pound lampshades on a whim come on mate
0: and paying rent in la yeah
1: yeah, there's we no already way. know that he's, she's given uh, two to three grand in rent
0: already, at least. Yeah. And she travelled to LA. And Joshua Tree and back. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way she had that much money left. I don't know how, unless she had savings herself as well beforehand.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It, it was a bit sketchy. That bit didn't make sense to me. No. I, it, yeah. But anyway, coming back to Dan is, uh, he, he goes that extra mile, shall we say. He ends up getting quite injured. She takes him to the hospital and then decides to leave him there, take his truck and go and buy the house next to um,
0: Taylor's out in Joshua Tree. The one that Taylor wanted to buy to set up a boutique hotel. Yeah. Like her Instagram page, but in real life. So you can buy everything that's there.
1: Fucking hell. And then (laughs) um, she decides to literally sit there perched by a window and spy on them the entire time obviously by this point taylor wants nothing to do with her because nikki has been found and has said everything um because nikki had already discovered her phone and had realized that she was basically a stalker
0: um, also what a dick of a man like take everything else that ingrid did away like he instead of protecting his sister yeah he, asked he for was money. like oh i can get five grand a month Uh, and use everyone in this and don't get me wrong addiction is a real thing and addiction does make people do terrible things but honestly what a cock
1: well exactly because obviously that never comes i don't know why ingrid doesn't say anything about it but that never comes out to taylor she just accepts her brother's behavior and it's, it's very bizarre but um he they are not wanting anything to do with ingrid anymore and so she has to kind of speak out at this this house and she's like living basically really rough. She doesn't have enough money to basically cope with anything. She's drinking, yeah. she's eating crap. She- Her
0: power's been shut off.
1: Exactly, all of this is happening. Um, she dresses up as a ghost uh, to go over to this party.
0: Well and... in fairness, she didn't have anything else apart from a bed sheet and somehow a wig. So she <laughs> goes over for the Halloween party. I was like, all right, well, at least at least you tried something, I guess. I guess.
1: But, um, and then when all of that goes down and Taylor says, I don't want you to be in my life. You need to go. We know what happened, etc., etc. et cetera. And they have this big kind of final to-do um, at this party. She goes home to this house. Live streams, and says so she's going. Basically, she's saying goodbye. She's going to take her own life, and she takes some pills and ODs, surrounded by candles. And then when she wakes up, so Dan saves her because he sees the live stream, and I understand why he might save her. Then he seems to still want to be in her life, despite but everything. But I can understand.
0: I can understand. He's probably thinking this girl or this woman is completely alone and obviously having a complete mental breakdown i guess and he he
1: doesn't know the extent of her stalking i guess
0: no no reaches out from his, him from his side of it nikki punched her in the face and attacked her and now she's been like alone and Suicidal. like yeah so I again mean, i can ad- i can understand him wanting to be there to a certain extent but yeah, it is, he just seems like the nicest dude.
1: Really? What I wanted to know, so kind of wrapping up this film, what I wanted to know is at the end, she finds out, she's in hospital, she finds out that she has become a viral sensation. Her live stream and I am Ingrid hashtag has become uh, this kind of media sensation or this like viral sensation online. People are sending her support. People have sent flowers and balloons to the hospital wishing her well. She has gained loads of followers and everything. What do you think the message of the story is meant to be? Because clearly she's happy. She's got everything she wanted, really, by becoming vastly popular online and being able to... she's, She's able to be herself. She's maybe more genuine than Taylor is by reaching her... Um, fame online I suppose but she gets what she's craving and this superficial connection to people essentially is what she wins in the end what yeah. kind of commentary is that in terms of a film she's happy with that but surely it would have been a not much more satisfying ending for her as a character to Maybe realize that she needs to step away from social media um, a little bit, and that she needs to recognize somebody like Dan, who's right in front of her, who will do anything for her, um, as opposed to getting the satisfaction and gratification from this online. Following. Well, I see. I what I kind of message is it, that though, saying?
0: I didn't take it as a happy ending. Like when I saw that, no, like, I was. I Just and don't track. know if it was i don't know if it was meant to be from the filmmakers i don't think they wrote it as a happy ending i think they wrote it as a an extra commentary on how social media can become this addiction that if that's all you're craving then if like that's going to become your whole life and that's going to take over everything else and i don't think that's a good thing
1: don't get me wrong i don't think that they intended it to be a happy ending i'm not saying that i just wanted to know your opinion on it because i think that um she gets what she wants in terms of uh the following she gets this kind of artificial hug from the world essentially and um but it also kind of glorifies in the process it glorifies these extreme mental health kind of um behaviours online to get following. I'm not saying that people would do that to get a following, but people she becomes popular once she's obviously exposed herself as being very vulnerable, but once she's tried to take her own life. And I can only imagine that that's not going to be the best message to send out in terms of trying to reach popularity online is to do something that is so extreme. And is that a commentary on how social media kind of feasts on the the darker sides of humanity and how we uh, are fascinated by people who are vulnerable and people who um, do such extreme, devastating things where they, by luck, manage to survive something like that. I just wondered what they were trying to say in that moment and whether it's... I mean, I'm not saying that uh, you need to be a responsible director, but whether it is a responsible message to send at the end of a film like this.
0: Well, I think that it's... I mean, I think that there is always a bit of a responsibility that you have to take, but I also think that you should be honest and you should be able to tell whatever story that you you want. Uh, I think that... I think it's both a commentary on the... The darker side of social media. This whole film is, mm. is a commentary on the darker side of it, and also the the fakeness and the high that people get from the likes, no matter what the likes come from. Yeah, and also the falseness of everyone else online. Like, obviously, it's a normal thing if you see something bad happen to someone. It's it's a, quite a normal thing to want to reach out or to comfort or soothe, but. Those like the majority of people that saw that live stream and commented that tomorrow will be on to something new and something else, yes. And it's, sens- it's the sensationalist
1: thing of the moment, not yeah,
0: exactly. It and doesn't I think have to... that it's
1: even that is almost, I'm not saying her act is shallow, but the online attention she receives is still shallow because most of these people don't really care or they're not going to stick around to really continue to support her.
0: Well, I think it's the same, the same as, as everything we have nowadays is, is you, you have these things like back, it back years ago when you'd have the news on like things would last a lot longer. Whereas now you have like, you get a new grab headline constantly. So you, the amount of things that I've, been like, Jesus, that's devastating. And the next day cannot remember a single detail about it. Like it's it, we're living in such a fast society where things just constantly are changing and constantly uh, a new tragedy comes up. Mm. And we're so used to seeing it constantly, which cannot be good for our mental health. Oh no, but it's and it's just it's another one of those things where, yes, reaching out and showing support is a hugely, good thing to do but whether that actually helps Ingrid at all in the long run or whether it's like she gets all of this publicity and all of this, what she takes as love from this post what she does next like you're going to have a dip after that. Yeah. No one's going to come care going forward so it's, it's something like hopefully after attempting suicide she will get the mental health help that she needs but it's a very open-ended ending to a film which i kind of love because the whole like this last bit of the discussion here about the film has been discussing how you could take that in so many different ways and i think that that is half of what you're meant to be doing with any sort of art is creating a discussion yeah well, I definitely,
1: I enjoyed this film, but I must admit, I don't think it's one I'll be watching anytime soon again. I found it so hard to get through just because of the secondhand embarrassment. Um, but I'm glad I watched it, that's for sure.
0: Now, on to much more important things. Did you watch the videos I sent you of the press tour? Um, I saw some of them. I saw the one where
1: Elizabeth Olsen spanked Aubrey Plaza.
0: Yes, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I... I thoroughly enjoy the two of them together, and I think that yeah, the the two of them just had so much fun on the press tour. It's
1: like it's like an added um, bonus, like the Ocean's Eight press tour with exactly. Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock.
0: Exactly, it's an added bonus, and I like I love a press tour anyway. I love watching like all of the interviews behind films, and like I completely nerd out over them. Uh, and yeah, I just I thoroughly enjoyed the two of them together. I thought they were so funny together, and also just like the best wives of all time <laughs> it would be it would be
1: nice to see them do a film together where the content is not quite so dark and where they and where to be honest elizabeth olsen has a little bit more to do than just have to play i'm not saying that she was bad but her character was so shallow that it, it didn't give her a lot of depth as a character but to i play. think
0: because she seems so different in in reality, I was like, "Oh, you played the shit out of that! Like you did oh, no. so well with it."
1: She did very but, well, but I would like to see a lighter film from which start both of them together. I think that would oh, like be really a co- interesting. A comedy
0: with the two of them, like yeah, a cool, like not not a dark comedy. Yeah, I think that would be I think that would be fascinating. I mean, I personally would watch either of them do absolutely fucking anything. I just think they are just two of the funniest, most intelligent, talented women. Uh, and I love watching them, but yeah, I think a comedy with the two of them would be epic.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it would be something uh, new and
0: interesting to watch from them. Yeah, and having watched *One Division*, which I know you haven't watched, is that correct? You know I haven't watched it. It's TV. Yeah, so having watched *One Division*, Elizabeth Olsen does comedy very well. Like we all know, she can do she can act the shit out of any dramatic role, but her doing comedy I was like oh you she's got range so yeah and obviously we all know Aubrey Plaza can do comedy like... so, as amazing as she is heart of hearts I have to say
1: Mary Kay and Ashley are still my favorite Olsen
0: <laughs> yeah I see I'm the opposite uh don't get me wrong Mary Kay and Ashley awesome I have a lot of nostalgia them. there <laughs> but I Elizabeth Olsen is just a phenomenal I like was it maybe maybe a year and a
1: half ago I unironically rewatched a lot of Mary Kate and Olsen films from yes their youth and uh they're not all great but I still thoroughly enjoyed many of them they were very nostalgic to me
0: I've only seen a couple of them anyway even as I was younger like any ones that I've watched is ones that I've watched with you so I don't have that same nostalgia necessarily Oh,
1: we definitely need to, you know, watch something like New York Minute or something on here. I think that would be fun.
0: <laughs> that yeah, I'm, I'm totally down, you know that. You know, um,
1: War, War of the Olsons.
0: <laughs> Elizabeth oh, Olsen, <laughs> Mary Kay and Ashley.
1: Are there any other I, uh, siblings? I don't know.
0: I There are, but not... Uh, not in the
1: entertainment industry.
0: Yeah, so I definitely have some more Elizabeth Olsen films that I can throw in to show... She's also done some amazing TV. Like, Sorry for Your Loss is just incredible television. And Jesus Christ, the girl can act.
1: Are you trying to tell me that Passport to Paris is not an iconic acting moment from my girls, Mary-Kate and Ashley? <laughs> you! I was you. It takes I'm just two i saying iconic. it's slightly different. That food fight? Oh, I wanted to be in it so much as a kid. And that house? No oh even Kirsty Alley, I was like, Yes. I I want you to be my weird surrogate mother at this orphanage. Of course.
0: I have I have absolutely <laughs> nothing against Mary kate and Ashley. <laughs> I just think that maybe that is the blade you will die on and Elizabeth is the blade I will die on. <laughs> okay, I'm willing to take that. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, so I personally think that that this is a good film for people to watch i think it's it's great and i also think that once you've finished watching it you should watch the press tour uh because it will give you something that's a bit lighter to to end on and also uh shows a nicer side of social media because obviously it's all up on youtube uh so uh, yeah i personally i enjoyed the film it's not one that i watch all the time i've, I've seen it a couple of times now but yeah i thoroughly enjoy it so next week it's your choice
1: yes it is
0: so what is it that you are going to uh to make us watch i was gonna say, i don't know what i was <laughs> i'm not making
1: you watch anything i am giving you the opportunity to watch the film princess sid which uh, Ooh, okay I, I believe it came out in maybe 20 2017 so it's, it's about five years old i think and i came across this film um originally uh when i was kind of looking at uh kind of queer movies to watch. And this one I picked up mainly because of the kind of coded ace representation. Um, So I think watching it next week would be really interesting because next week will be just a a few days ahead of um, Asexuality Awareness Day, which is on the 6th of April. So I think it would be an interesting one to cover near that time. Um, It's also got bisexual, pansexual character in there as well. Um, And uh, definitely some like different kind of presentations going on as well with some of the different characters. So I think it would be a fun one to do. And it's not a particularly big film. So I always like to, where possible, give the opportunity um, to some of those more kind of indie films uh, to kind of have that discussion and give it a bit of a... um, a moment in the sun if you know what i mean
0: i i adore an indie film uh like i love indie films so i'm excited it's not one that i have seen before so i'm very excited to watch it i obviously know about it and also have seen uh sid in the tux So uh, yeah fully on board so Fully you, on board. So
1: you know it's a queer movie just from that, surely. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it and I'm excited to talk about The Tux and obviously whatever else happens in the film yeah. <laughs> next week. All right, well, thanks for listening and remember to rate, review and subscribe. And we'll see you next week for some Ace Rep. Yeah, it'll be good. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com.
1: And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.